Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongagadu, podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 6, 2023. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Luna. Hello, everyone. Ginky, akemashite omedeto. Yep, yep, yep. Happy New Year's and kotoshi mo yobersuku onagashimals. So, yeah. It's a new year. <laughs> unfortunately, uh, usually during this time we have our Kohaku episode, but unfortunately, because of how the l- weekends lied this time around, unfor- we weren't able to do the Kohaku. We'll do it next week, for sure. And they'll, they'll release either that day or a day or two later, but you know, that's up to debate. <laughs> but yeah, have you been? Had a safe New Year's, Luna? I did. All we did was stay at home, relax, watch movies, and have some drinks. How about you, Ken? Uh, so I had to work, and then there was a literal war zone happening right outside my <laughs> my house because we had three houses going to battle of who had more money to blow this past year on fireworks. Oh my god! I wish if I could be there for that show. That way, I don't have to spend money, but I see a great show. Our our neighbors thought it would be great because this is a Midwestern tradition, or it's really a European thing, I think, if I'm correct. Or correct me if I'm wrong. But they were out there with their pots and pans beating on them as soon as New Year's hit. And when I was a kid, because my family is from Poland, they would do that all the time. My grandma would go out there and beat the pots and pans. So... Hmm. I Very always cool. remembered that, and our neighbors were doing that and light and fireworks. Very interesting. I've never heard of a tradition like that. That's what I grew up with, and it. it I wish if I would have asked my grandma why she did that, but she would always go out there nears and beat those pots and pans and say it was a tradition, <laughs> and it was passed down from her family and. One of my aunts actually has done the same in the past, too. So I might just ask one day. But my my family's from, like, Europe, like, such as Germany, Poland, Czechoslovakia, that type of thing. So, yeah, we do that on New Year's. And apparently my neighbors do, too, because we couldn't figure out why it sounded like bombs were going off outside and the cats freaked out. So we were out there watching two people down the street have a firework war. And then our neighbors in the corner just walking around in their underwear beating pots and pans in the street (laughs) but yeah you know as per our usual tradition here we have a couple things that we would like to do and we would like to actually talk about what what in our powers if we can predict the the upcoming year of the japanese music industry but first i am going to reveal of our predictions of last year now immediately after the episode ended i deleted the original file that you guys had so you guys probably either forgot or didn't know your your predictions for i remembered one of mine this past year of 2022 i've 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 talked about it in tandem either on episode or off air but it's very interesting so (laughs) There's there's a couple of things that I need clarification before we go into it, but once we do, we'll we will find out what happens here. But first, 
overall, how how did you think you did? I know one of them I got right. Because that's all I remember is one of them. I want to say one of them I might have got a half. But I honestly... I'm going to say I think I did okay. I don't think I did perfect. I think I did middle ground. But at least I know I'm one for one. Yeah. Well, let's see here. So let's start with Gray because Gray's predictions... <laughs> he, uh, he, he went 0 for... Oh, for six here. <laughs> and the first one will be that Yao Sobi will go five months without releasing a single. Their last single released in 2021 was in December. They had a their they had a single in February of 2022, so that immediately was out of that. Then his second one was Johnny's will not have a new group debuting in 2022. While we didn't cover them as much as we would like to, Travis Japan made their major label debut in October of 2022. So you already got that wrong as well. And then he predicted that Utara Hikaru will go back into retirement. Now, I had to rewrite this one originally because this was before First Love came out on Netflix and was announced. She released a brand new album, a live session movie, a mini album, and two re-releases of prior singles, a remastered edition for First Love and Hatsukoi. So obviously she did not go back into retirement like Utada does occasionally. Dice will release their seventh album in the year of 2022. They did not release their album in 2022. And the, his final one, which was the Pie in the Sky one, that AKB48 will take their number one spot in the Oricon on the single or album charts for the full year of 2022. And they did not. Johnny's just ran the board. They weren't even on the list for this year. So, let's start with yours first. And... The first one that you predicted for 2022 was Cream will release a new album in the spring or summertime of 2022. They did not. They've been silent all year. Yeah, they did not. They were silent all year. Now, the next one that you also did was that two big alt idol or big idol groups will disband or announce their disbandment this year. Well, I don't think we ran across that news. I, I would have at least heard it and brought it up. There was no any big announcements of idol groups disbanding this this year of 2022. So Well, originally Bish, I don't know if you'd consider them an idol group, was going to disband, but that ended up getting extended, so that threw that out the window. Yeah. But they, they, we already knew of their disbandment in 2021. They <laughs> That's true, so it also wouldn't count. Yeah. So And then we'll see a popular K-pop artist make their debut in 2022. Now, I gave you a half point on this because this, this is really subjective. Because obviously we did see K-pop artists make their debut. However, Kepler. because I, I, do not, I do not follow their Korean charts 
I don't know if they're popular or not. Kepler was in both. And they debuted in Korea and Japan. At the same time. Oh, in I'm going to double check. Yeah. Because but the thing first... is, like, like, like I said, I this is a it's a popular subjective because I I yeah. just wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I can send you that, but like, I, I kind of do. So I do try to follow certain things, especially if they make the Japanese charts, which Kepler did. Mm. And I'm actually double checking on that one. Because I I remember you guys had a talk about Kepler, but I wouldn't yes. know. So they made their official debut January 3rd of 2022. Mm-hmm. In, in Korea. Uh, I believe that might have been Japan, but let me double check. Hold on. Korea and Japan. Okay. First Impact came out in Korea and Japan. And then their Japanese single also came out this year in Japan. Yeah, August 3rd, 2022, they released their first Japanese single, Fly Up. But their mm. first album, First Impact, hit charts in both Korea and Japan. Well, the thing is, if they debuted... See, that th- this is where a little bit of the... If it's a little subjective uh, because yeah. it's hard to say where they really debuted. Because yeah. they do have two members that are Japanese, so it could be seen as... I mean, technically, yeah, I guess you would say they debuted in Korea first... And then, if you look at their first Japanese single, came out later on. But the albums did get released in both countries at the same time. So that's the difficult part. Yeah. Because it's... uh, Yeah, it makes it really subjective. The thing is, I would count a debut... A Japanese debut being they were already an established Korean artist. And then made their debut. So, like, for example, Seventeen. So seventeen yeah. was really hell of fucking po- or really freaking popular in Korea, and then made their Japanese debut. Kepler would be a little bit difficult because they did it at the same exact time. <laughs> but regardless, I'm gonna give you that half point for there. So because obviously, I mean, even if we aren't looking at other K-pop artists, Kepler is one of those one examples that could be seen there. So. And then another one that you gave that I, this is also pretty subjective as well, but I think we asked for your clarification last week about this is that a new any song vocalist will rise and take Lisa's top spot. Now, the thing is, Otto technically took that place, but she isn't a traditional Annie song singer. So I'll give you the half point that someone came in that and took Lisa's top spot for an anime song. But Otto isn't traditionally no. an Annie song vocalist, right? So would Imer count? Because if you think she actually took the top charts for Annie song, and I would consider Imer Annie song. Hmm. I mean, like, she does have a lot. She does have popular songs that are not Annie song, but if you look at a lot of her works, more so are Annie song than less. I was going to say, the thing is, this this is the whole thing of the debate with Otto thing here, is because of the fact, what what made much... Obviously, um, Zango Sanka took the top, 
because it had a longer lifespan on the board here. It did. But the the thing is, if you gave Otto with One Piece Red that same spot, well... It probably would have sold more, to be honest, because... Well, it'd have sold more. <laughs> yeah, it's it, you're right. It's hard to place that because... I feel like what really helps on Kyosanka is with Eimer and, well, with Yaiba being as popular as it is, not just in Japan because the new season has been airing, and the U.S. So I think consecutively, like, there was a lot going on with Zanko Sanka that really sold. Although One Piece is also just as popular as Yaiba, and you see Otto just shoot up immediately when One Piece Red comes out. So, so it is they- really a difficult you know, and that matter of which one took the top spot. And I, I, I was going to do a spoiler here because I'm looking at the the whole list of songs that was released for the Kohaku. And, bo- <laughs> and they both showed up. So, uh, well, Otto played Uta, so they did a huge digital thing here. But Imer also showed up, and they both performed their respective songs of the anime stuff. So, I'm not surprised. So there's that. <laughs> there, there are very interesting things that I'm just like, ooh, ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so, you know what? I'll give you that point. I'll give you that point because you do make a good point that Imer technically at the year's end did win did win any song of the year here and she majorly does any song stuff. So, I'll give you that point. <laughs> Now, and then lastly, your pie in the sky prediction actually came right. And it was that Boa will have a new release in Japan, such as an album, single, or Blu-ray. This was revenge for the year beforehand because I didn't count it. <laughs> and she actually had two this year. Yes. Because <laughs> she had her The Greatest album, which included two new songs. And yes, renditions yes. of her other ones. And then she had her best Blu-ray tour, which I'm super upset I didn't get the fan club edition because Mumo wouldn't let me and I don't know why. So if anyone has a copy of that and wants it to sell it, sell it to me, I will love you forever. <laughs> but yeah. So that is two, two and a half points here. So mine's one is that... Kenshi Yunezu will have a new album in the winter or fall of this year. He, while he did have several marquee releases this year, he did not release an album. So I got an X for that. We will see a brand new brother slash sister group from either LDH, Johnny's, or Stardust Entertainment. Travis Japan debuted, so Johnny's. I got that one X. So I, got I was going to say That's LDH kind of had one too because SG5 did a soft debut this year and they're LDH. Yep, as well. So, aside of Coachella, we will see a Japanese artist be featured in a big music act. Unfortunately, 
this is also subjective because we don't know what is considered a big music act. Is Dick Clark's New Year Rockin' Eve considered a big music act? Um, I would also consider Southeast by Southwest that. Mm. And there was an artist who was a part of that. That was Japanese. Um, which artist is that? It was Yayoi Diamond. Ah, it was Yaoi. So yeah. I will have a, a I circle give you for that, that point because I honestly consider Southeast by Southwest, which I know it happened earlier than Coachella, but I consider that a big music event. I mean, it's a big music festival. I I believe they had an other artist or two that were was Japanese, but I wasn't familiar with who those artists were. But Southeast by Southwest, I know had Yaoi because I'm sad I missed it. So I also put that Lisa will not have a big hit this year. And I got that one on the head because she did have releases, yes, but not releases that carried over more than a week. Or to, do, do you have any say about this? Is there an, a Lisa release that did, she did that was a hit? The single with Hadashi no Step, but I don't. I still don't think that stayed on there that long. Hmm. And I, I was thinking that that would only stayed on for maybe another week or two, if not most. Yeah, it didn't. Nothing hit like Kurenge or I want to say Homura. I mean, I feel like yeah, least even Lander didn't do as well as I thought it would. You know, her new album really only hits, what was it, like three? Yeah, I think it only hit three. Yeah, and I was very, very surprised about that. I mean, yeah, you're right, she did have releases this year, but I, looking through, you know, 2022 that she released, New Me, which I did not stay very long and Shifu no Toki yeah she didn't really have like a ton this year looking at what she has out the album that she released or she released was Lander let's see what Lander took uh, Lander got third, so yeah, I mean Leo Leo Nine, which is the one that did have, I think, Garenge on it. <laughs> so mm-hmm, number it one. Did. Yeah, Leo so. Nine had way more. I mean, I ended up buying Lander because I did. I really enjoyed Homura. I really enjoyed Hadashino Step. You know, it had great songs, but I also feel that she didn't have a hit like Crossing Field, like Gudenge. Like, the Fate songs, like the SAO songs, you know? I feel like there's certain ones that hit and they stick. And in this case, we didn't really see that, which is very, you know, which is unfortunate, to be honest. Yeah, so unfortunately for Lisa, like, I I got that point as well. And then, for lastly, for my um, pie-in-the-sky thing is, if... A Johnny group does debut this year they will already have internationally streaming right from the get-go and I hit the nail on the head on this if you look up the group Travis Japan their first song is on streaming 
You can look that up right now if you want. <laughs> don't laugh because I actually am because I don't know why I didn't realize it because I think it's we didn't really talk about them that much this year. Yes, we and did not. Yeah, yes, they are on there, and you can you can check out Just Dance on Apple Music. Ooh, and Tofu yes. Beats does a remix. Yes, 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 yes. And Just Dance was originally released in October 28th of 2022. So, this year of predicting for 2022 goes to me. <laughs> it does. I mean, hey, you did really good with your predictions. This year, I made sure to keep mine super vague. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the big the big goose egg goes to Gray here. He, he did not get any right. <laughs> So, with that, let's go on to predictions of 2023. Now, you know, we we did something a little different here. So, we have five questions, a pie-in-the-sky prediction, and as if you heard of our top of our end-of-the-year podcast here, we also included what was our pick to be the top-selling single and album artist of the year, because I think it's a good game to play. So, let's start with Gray here, because he ain't here, and I'll just take his his thing here. Nogizaka will outperform AKB48 in terms of sales at year's end. I think this is a gimme. <laughs> I think he really wanted a gimme questions, because I don't think... Nogizaka outrolled everyone last year for idols, so it's it's not out of the out of the way to think that Nogizaka will also do the same this year in terms of sales. I I agree. I I easily can see that. So, this is an also an, a very interesting thing that he he Gray also pointed out here. His next prediction is we'll have a Korean male or female artist that will debut in Japan instead of Korea. Now this is the thing here. Now I assume he means from Pro- Produce One Hundred One. I'm just under the assumption that he will do that because Produce 101, especially with Produce 101 Japan, has a, a working relationship with each other of artists that will make their debuts in either Korea or Japan, depending on what Produce 101 show that they decide to go on here. Now, if it's Produce 101 Japan, they'll obviously make their debut in Japan first and then go to Korea and vice versa. So I assume that's what he means as well. I'm assuming that as well because it can be very subjective in terms of of that just because I, I since I do somewhat follow the Korean industry and I used to follow it years ago, it's just like Japan. There's a lot of artists who are Korean that have been born and raised in the U.S., born and raised in Japan. So it's like... I, I would assume he doesn't mean that, but he means actually from like more Produce 101 where they study, go on the show, you know, and pro- like you said, Produce 101 is a really good working relationship with each other. And you can see that with Kepler because there are two Japanese members in that group and they're actually from Produce 101 if you look into Kepler and, you know, they make that choice of where to debut. So, so. Yeah, I'm assuming that's what he means. 
Next, his third prediction is that Generations from Exile Tribe will have a number one single on the Oricon sometime this year. Now, he also preferenced that the last time they released a number one hit, it was Namida back in 2016. So, he's just really banking hard that Generations is going to hit number one. And... Unless they do something really out of the ordinary or if it's tied to something really out of the ordinary, I kind of don't see this happening. I see it like every other Exile Tribe release is just in the middle of the group. Yeah, I I can't see them hitting number one, but I can see them still making the top ten like they always do. So, yes, with that. Now, here he also... I had to do finagling with this one because he also put that there will be a new member for the 46 Outer Groups. And this this just shows how annoying Gray is of the idol industry, and especially of 48s and 46s. There's going to be new members every day. Um, the How the 46 how the 46 does their single things is they have a zenbatsu or senbatsu system every single release uh the fans choose who gets to be in the single so it's not even though we might see one person in one single we might not see them the next and vice versa so i'm just finagling this one just slightly as saying that there will be a new subgroup for the 46s this year yeah, and that makes sense because, like you said, a lot of members come and go. You see a lot of members graduate, and then you see a lot of new members join, and you see some graduate early. And I feel like it's a constant thing. So a subgroup forming is more consistent than, you know, a group getting new members because that happens so frequently. And lastly, for the regular groups here, or like regular predictions here, is he predicts that AAA will formally announce their disbandment in 2023. The thing is, I also don't see this happening. They like to give that hope so that they can have sales. If AVX is smart, they will not allow this to happen. <laughs> I honestly, like, I don't know if they're going to fully disband, but I can see them going on hiatus, which if I'm correct, that's what they were. They did their they're, final they're, tour. They're, they're on hiatus right now. Yeah. So That's what I thought. So I can see them just staying on that until they decide what are we going to do. And I mean, you look at most of them have a decent solo career. Like Sky High is doing very well in a solo career. Nishi is doing very well in a solo career. Um, Shuta Sueyoshi. I mean, he has one, but he, you know, he's not like does as well as you know some of the others. You know, same with um, Chiakito. So, I I feel like it's really it'll be very interesting. And I know I'm forgetting one member, and I feel really really bad. Uh, Shinjiro Atai has it. You know, he has some. He's had some releases here and there too, and I see him do some collaborations and that. But. I'm kind of curious what'll happen. I honestly don't see Avic saying they're fully disbanded because if you look at how well that concert they did last time sold, it did very well. And you look how good that best album did, that 15th anniversary one, it sold out. I almost bought it and it sold out, the Blu-ray version. So I don't know. I'm kind of 
curious. I just can't see it happening just yet. Oh, the only thing, if they did allow an announce a disbandment, a reunion tour in five years from now, like for a 20th anniversary, would sell bonkers if they did that. So lastly, <laughs> see, this This is where I, I should have gone first here. For his pie in the sky one, is it's, it's literally the one person that I did not mention. <laughs> so... He mentions that for his pie in the sky, that King and Prince will make their availability on Apple Music internationally sometime in 2023. Honestly, I can see this happen. <laughs> that would be a great pie in the sky if that happened. And lastly, for his top single artist of the year for sales, it will be King and Prince. And for his top album or album artists of the year for sales, it will be Stones. Honestly, I can see either one having, <laughs> happening. <laughs> I can too, especially looking at how the numbers went this year, but you never know. Things change. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, and with that, let's go on to your predictions here. So why don't you go ahead right now? All right, so mine are actually very vague, so we can really dive into them because I had to be that person. So <laughs> one of my first ones was we will see a new alt idol group former debut and rise significantly. Okay, we so for, uh, the the thing is, I ha I, I have several questions. Uh, they would have to form and debut this year, right? Yes, they would have to form okay. and debut in twenty twenty one and make the Oricon top ten. 2023 2023 oh my god i don't want to relive 2021 <laughs> i don't think anyone does so that's why I, I i should have been a little more specific but they need to debut this year pretty much right. and 2023 and by rice significantly at least make the charts or be on people's radar and the, I mean, and I consider alt idol group. Okay, so like... make make the charts meaning where because if there is a slow week, six thousand copies sold could make the top ten. Yeah, I would say make like the Oricon top ten. I know it's a slow week, but still, I mean, I that still is a even if it's a slow week. I, I would consider that trying to make a splash and at least they're getting recognized because there's a lot of alt idol groups out there, but you don't mm. see that many of them make the charts. Alright, okay. I'll, I, I would at least say top five, but that that's just me. But, um, yeah, top ten will do. Yeah, cause, well, well, I guess because uh, how I think of alt idol, like, Love Bites, we don't really see them make the charts. You know, we see, like, Bandmade, which I consider alternative, but I wouldn't consider them alt-idol. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're, they're a band. I, yeah, they're exactly. A band. They're, they're, not, yes. they're not idol. <laughs> exactly. And actually, Love Bites is actually a band more than alt-idol. So yeah. that I was trying to at least, you know, and I feel like we haven't gotten one in a while, so it's overdue. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, I can. I, I'll, I'll put that in top ten for 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 my record sakes. And next up, what is your next one? So my next one is a staple in the industry will announce their retirement, and by okay. I mean, and I'm gonna clarify on this. But I mean a staple, someone who has been around for ten to plus years, because I almost want to say fifteen years, ten to fifteen years. 
And, you know, artists I think of who, uh, let's see, sorry, why am I blanking? Yumi Matsutoya, that would be, I'd consider an industry staple. Utada Hikaru, uh, Ayumi Hamazaki, like those I would consider like an industry staple. Someone who... Uh, Here's here's one that I'm going to pose to you that I think I'll I'll make a sub sub bet for this if this happens or not. Do you think Ayu is going to retire this year? No. Do you think Mika Nakashima will retire this year? I don't think so because she's actually she just released an album last year and I can't see her slowing down. She's been doing the live circuit a whole lot this past year. I know that much. Yes. I know she did have vocal issues in the past, but I feel like those have been... She's rectified those with her surgery. Mm-hmm. And I really can't see Mika Nakashima slowing down. And she's done some work with Hyde in the past, like recently. And I can still see her going strong for a little longer. Um, now... With Ayu, the only way I think she would retire as a vocalist it's is if, if she, she, she completely loses. Yes. And that <laughs> is a probability in the next five to ten years. Five years. I'm going to say in the next five years. I, I would say five years. Because <laughs> she already is completely deaf in one of her ears. And the other one is getting there. And she stated this. But I will say, even if she retires vocally... I could still see her writing lyrics because she mm-hmm. has so much passion towards music that some way, shape, or form, I could still see her trying to do something. You know, I can't see her fully doing a NAMI and just going full retirement. And mm. I think it's just looking at IU's mentality and she likes to work. And even though she hasn't done as much having two children... You know, like in the at least, you know, you haven't seen her release as much music, as many lives as she used to. But at the same time, you can tell how much she really does put her all into her music and it's her passion. And she has stated this time and time again. But unless she goes fully deaf, I can't see her retiring vocally. And even then, I could see her still trying afterward until she realizes she can't. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I was trying to think of, like, if there was someone that you specifically think of that would want to go into retirement. I wouldn't count it as your as your prediction. I would want to make Yeah, it and I was a, trying to think of artists that, because there's some we see and come back, like Miyuki Nakajima. You know, you see her, and she's been around for a long time. Yumi Matsutoya. I think uh, also Tata. Bonnie Pink. Come, come yeah, does that Bonnie too. Pink. Like, Bonnie Pink, I she's not retired yet, but... Yeah. She she actually released two or three things last year, which shocked me and made me happy. But she's when it kind of comes to mind. You'll see her release things here and there. You don't see her release too much, and not much is known about her personally. Aiko is another one who's been in industry for forever and a day. Yeah, she finally got married, though, so that that's another thing, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mizuki Nana, I know she's still going strong, but she just got married and had a baby. I can't yeah. see her retiring because of how her career is and how big of a star she is that would be a shocker if she did but there are artists that who i grew up listening to and who have made a significant impact on me that sometimes i wonder are they going in full retirement are they going to retire and come back 
or, you know, like, because they get married, they just kind of go off the grid. And I'll use Emmy Maria as an example. She married Sheeta. And they had a child together. And she, for a while, went completely off the grid for years. She helped produce stuff and write lyrics. But musically, you didn't hear nothing. And then this year, she actually started releasing stuff. So it kind of is like, you know... I, I'm curious if a staple will finally... Like, Namie was a very shocking one. I honestly... I understand where she's coming from, but it would be very... I, I just have this feeling there's going to be someone who we all know and recognize and that we've listened to for years just say, I'm retiring, I want to spend time with my family, or, you know, I'm retiring to pursue something else. Yeah, no. So this is this is very interesting overall, and I would love to see, like, the thing is, we would have to. Uh, well, it would be pre- kind of big news regardless. I think I would come across it anyway. So if someone but, did, we would. I mean, and there's a lot of artists who've gotten married and who, you know, maybe want to start families, or there's ones who've really slowed their activities. That I mean, I could see just them kind of just slowly announcing their retirement like I'm leaving the industry. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that, let's go into your next one, which is literally the complete opposite of what. A Japanese industry staple will release a long-awaited album. And I I have to... The, so, when I initially thought of this, it wasn't announced, and then I I I was kind of mad because it just got announced recently. I had this one on my idea for a while, but IU was the reason I originally wrote this, and she freaking announced her new album. It comes out in January, but I thought of this one months ago, and I just kept it on there. I just wanted to keep it anyway. But she was one who hadn't released a studio album since... Oh, wow. Yeah, I want to say... Trouble was since a mini we- album. A1 was... Compilation. No, it wasn't. I'm thinking A1 might have been her actual... I'm double-checking her last studio album. It's been a good while since IU had a studio album. Because she's done mini-albums since then. She's done lives here and there. You know, she did. She's done... I mean, she has a solid discography. But she was kind of what came to mind. Made in Japan was the last one. And that was 2016. Yeah, that's that, that, that was a while ago. <laughs> yeah, so... I mean, and even though you look at some of the things she had in between, but they were mini albums like Trouble or A Ballads 2, which came out last year, you know, and she's done some live albums here and there, remix albums here and there, but not a full studio album. And this was something that I've been waiting for for a while because for her, who used to release albums consecutively each year, make number one. So this is initially why I wrote this, but I'm not counting that as my prediction because I already know it's announced. So that really throws it out the window. But I honestly think another staple that I kind of, in a way, it's a pie in the sky, but I'd love to see it happen, is Bonnie Pink would release a long-awaited album. Because the last one she did was more of a best remaster album. It was more of a remaster of a best album. So Bonnie Pink hasn't had a studio album since... (sighs) I have all her albums because I bought that last one she released since Chasing Hope in 2012. 
Her mm. last best album was her Bonnie's Kitchen one that came out in 2017. So, I mean, there's a couple staple industry artists that have made a huge impact that have not released a studio album. So, I want to be spe- I don't know if I should be specific and say studio album, but there are some that haven't released a album in general, even a best album in a while. And I was going like- to say I was going to say the pie in the sky for this one was Nishi no Kana. It's yep. been a long time since she came back or she's been gone. That's enough time for her. Well, I mean, the pandemic kind of <laughs> derangeded yeah, a lot of those plans. Yeah, but, I'm sure she had to wait like a year or two to travel. And that's what her whole thing was. She wanted to travel and see the world. Has she done yeah. that yet? I doubt that. But that who would, knows? It, it's been... When 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 did she go on a hiatus? 2018? 2019? 2019. I want to say it was right around the time we did our... Uh, our artist spotlight for her. It was right after she released her Best Pink and Love Collection album, so it wasn't too long after that. And that was, so she released those in late 2018, so I want to say, like, it was 2019. Yeah, beginning of 2019. Yeah, because yeah, no, she, had, it was her, she of had her Blu-ray tour. Yeah, because she yeah, had her, yeah. best, her best Blu-ray tour, Love Collection Live 2019, and I remember buying that, and then buying two copies, because CD Japan sold out of the the version with the posters. Then I bought it from Amazon Japan. Then I then CD Japan got it back in, and I rebought it. Then I have two, I have two copies, <laughs> one sealed, one not sealed. So, the thing is, I I also think that she had kids. <laughs> she probably did, and wants a private life. And yeah. also, I I don't know if I should throw Mflow into the mix. They haven't. They did the last one they did was Kill, and that was twenty twenty. Mm, th- but I don't know if that's a long-awaited album, though. No, I mean, yes, no, I don't know. I, I'm kind of like, like, I would uh, say Like, for me, for me, years. it's like, yeah, I was going to say, it's like at least over five, five years. years. <laughs> I wanna, we're going to put over five years, so it has to be at least 28, since 2018. Yeah, so I'm, I'm using I'm using Nishinokana as the barometer here. Yeah, and... There's several artists that I can easily see that fall into this category who have not released something significantly. Like if Namie suddenly came back, which I know she won't. Oh my god, that would be like there we go. Oh, that that would that would took number one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I know she's not coming back, but I can. There are several I think industry staples that haven't released anything that could easily be counted as this, and. I would love to see a couple of them be like, here I am, I'm still alive, you know. Even if it's an Annie Song artist, I'll count up because there's a couple Annie Song artists that were really big that just, shoop. So. But yeah. With your next one. Now, I would assume that this is at end of the year, right? Yes, I'm doing end of year for this because I feel like it's the best place to judge at this point for all of my now if someone releases something sooner great but i'm really going mainly into your stuff so why don't you announce that (laughs) so it is anime themes will take the charts this year and seeing how anime has played a big role 
in this year's charts and you're looking at Imer and you're looking so, at Otto. The one pinpoint I have for this, which charts? Because download was rampant with with the anime stuff this past year. Now, do you mean download physical? No, what, what, what do you? Uh, we got we gotta take a take a stab at which charts here. I'm gonna go download because I feel like that's been okay. a more prominent in that, and I know I use this on another thing. Mm-hmm. But I honestly feel like Donald download charts is where we're gonna see the most of it, and okay. I know we see it physically with Idolmaster, but those aren't the big sellers. No, it ain't. It's the original artists that have actual music careers that do anime songs. <laughs> yes, exactly. Those are the ones we're gonna see, and I mean. With a lot of the shows coming out, I've kind of looked at some of the new things coming out, so I can see it dominating. Again. So my next year really goes in junction with this because it has to do with download charts for the end of year. I think we're also going to see it saturated with a lot of K-pop. It'd be very interesting if the download charts would be saturated with Korean artists. I can see the physical charts being dominated as well for this. As for I can this. see it as both, but I can't do both. I can see yes. both because if you look at Seventeen, they have dominated the album charts. Yeah. And physical copies, not download physical. But I also feel like with K-pop, a lot of them don't release as much physical releases as J-pop do because they don't. Some of them do singles, some of them don't. Most of them do mini albums. And I notice a lot of those mini albums make the charts. And a lot of they do random digital singles. There are so many digital singles released in Korea, and a lot of those get really popular in Japan. So that. But in all honesty, I can see it dominating both charts, and I don't know if that really counts. But I can see both heavily saturated with a lot of K pop artists. And this year has shown that that is it's only gonna rise from how it's been yeah no i like i could see the physical charts being really dominated by korean artists like you just said 17 17 had a phenomenal year in the in the physical realm for for albums so that that's the only reason why i kind of ask here i'm almost but, debating on changing it from download to physical because I debated on this and I feel like K-pop is a lot more accessible download wise on streaming, which is the main reason I I chose that. Well, f- you know, physical, I feel like but a lot of people want the physical copies because Korea puts those photo cards in there that everyone wants in the photo books, which yep. is why it yep. sells. And yep. y'all know I'm a sucker. <laughs> I bought three editions of Boa's new album because they all came with different photo books. So that's how they get you. And I'm honestly really torn. I I can see it dominating bowls for t- for different reasons. And I honestly just see the charts dominated in general by more K-pop, K-pop artists. Downloads for accessibility... But physical, for the physical goods they provide, because a lot of people really like that packaging. Even if it's a CDR, which irks me, but they want those photo books and photo cards and posters. 
so I'm honestly torn on on how if I want to do physical or digital. Well, regardless, let's move on to your last prediction here. So I think the top three singles will consist of an anime, a K-pop, and a Johnny's. So all three, no matter what order, will consist of at least an anime, K-pop, and a Johnny's yeah. style of artist. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you get two out of three, how do we differentiate the point differences? Oh, I don't know. I haven't decided that. Uh-oh. Uh, maybe we should do top five, and then, you know, if all three are in the top five, that works. Okay. The top three, the top five will consist of that, because at least I think it, looking, judging how it's been lately, I mean, look at the top five that just happened. I already yeah. know there's going to be a Johnny's in it. I already know there's going to be an anime in it. I have a gut feeling there is going to be a K-pop artist in it, whether it be for a K-pop artist releasing a J-pop, you know, J-pop release, or them doing a Korean release, but I still think it's going to be in the top five. Okay. I will... If two out of three are on there, uh, I'll give you the half for that. Okay, that works. Yeah. All right, all right. But if one isn't on there, I won't give you the point. <laughs> yep, that's fine. Okay, okay, that that that's the handshake agreement we'll come upon. <laughs> yep. Please notate it, cause I'll forget next year. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, people, notes save lives. And then, lastly, what is your pie in the sky? So prediction? my pie in the sky is a stretch. I believe a popular Korean group will make a triumphant return to Japan after at least four years away. And I have specific targets on this. I didn't want to name names. The reason it's a pie in the sky is there has been a recent resurgence in a lot of Korean groups who've either disbanded or went their separate ways who've come back together. And I feel like 21 kind of started this with Coachella and, I mean, Big Bang kind of tried to, and then all that stuff happened. But there, we've seen a lot of that. You know, you get 21 back together, who I never thought I'd see. And then you got Kara coming back. And with us losing... Oh, my God, why did I forget her name? It's not Cutie. Why am I forgetting it's not her Nicole. name? Nicole. It's not Nicole. <laughs> I know that. Oh my god, why am I for- I feel really bad. I forgot her name because I fucking love... Ahada. Guhada. So, like, with Kara... I never thought I'd see Kara come back in Korea. And that shocked me because after losing Guhada, who was one of my favorite members, along with Nicole and Cutie and JY, who JY just left them years ago. So they actually got, not only got back members who like left before they officially announced they disbanded. I mean, I'm just sitting there like Kara came back and JY came back to Kara who left before they disbanded. So seeing them come back in Korea actually shocked me and then release an album and those of you who don't know, Kara actually did very well in Japan. You look at a lot of their music releases, their CDs, the albums they released, they made charts. And I feel like part of that is they knew how to cater their music to the Japanese industry. And I liked that about them. And 
they they just had a really cute appeal and their Korean music was different. Yeah, they might have done renditions of Korean songs in Japan, but they also had a lot of original songs and albums. So I honestly it's a pie in the sky, but I would love to see Kara come back to Japan and do even I don't care if it's like a special single or an album or something. I would love to see Kara come back and do a Japanese release. And JY released stuff there for a while. I mean, when she went solo, she had an album in Japan and singles. And Nicole's released albums and singles in Japan, too. I mean, Kara has had a great career there. So that's kind of one of my pie in the skies. Also, Girls' Generation, they released their Forever One album in Korea, you know, last year. So they also had a magnificent career in Japan. And they were really one of one of the big breakout groups, you know, Korean groups to go to Japan and paved the way for a lot of other artists. I mean, them and Big Bang really did pave a way. And I mean, Boa was like the first, but she was a solo artist. So I think of her as one of the big artists to pave that way. Yes, there were a lot of before her, but she was one of the big names. But when you look at group wise, you look at like Girls Generation, Kara, 2PM, You Kiss. I mean, there is a lot of significant K-pop groups that had a great run in Japan. And there are ones I'd love to see go back over there. I know won't in like 21 and 4 Minute, Big Bang, you know, that type of thing. I know they're off the table, but I have hope with Kara and Girls Generation at least just because of them coming back. And I would love to see that and them do some new music because both artists had a lot of great original songs in Japan and knew how to cater their music to their fans. And that's one of the things I really did like about them. Yeah, no, I can honestly, just, I, I would love to see Girls' Generation to come out here. It'd be very interesting if one of those groups come out. And yeah, yeah, no, to be honest, it'd be very interesting to be seeing that. And if it does happen, I, I, I wouldn't mind you getting this. <laughs> mm -hmm. I would be very excited just because I like their original songs they did. And I think they yep. did it very well. And if you look at how the industry is now compared to back then, I, I think that's a big reason I would love to see them come back and see what they would bring to the, you know, bring back. Yes, no, that's for darn sure. But with that, let's start with your top single artist and album artist of the year. So, this was extremely difficult for, as, as we know, it's a coin toss. I went for top single artist as Stones, and I based it off that as they had a freaking phenomenal year. I already know no matter what a top single artist is going to go to Johnny's. It was just which Johnny's will it go to? And I feel like this year was really King and Prince's year or 2022 was. That was King and Prince's year and Stones had a magnificent year as well. But I can see Stones with how well they sold last year single wise actually even bumping it up more in 2023 and taking top single artist. Yes. Now, now I can honest. Now, if Kenshi does release for 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 Stones, for Stones, sorry, for Stones here, I can see them taking top artists regardless. Yeah, they've really shown 
so much from when we first saw them debut till now and I love seeing them grow so yes Stones definitely and for my top album artist I'm going with Yonezu Kenshi because one he's overdue for an album two we know when he releases an album that will freaking break the charts I I we we all recall we all remember when Stray Sheep came out in 2020 and it came out in August of 2020 and it sold bonkers in a short period of time and we saw this album hanging out there forever and also you look at the singles you know Zukenshi even though he hasn't released a ton you know last year net the singles he have he has released have sold very well look at Chainsaw Man the one he did for that yeah I mean, I Kickback. Kickback has sold very well. Pale Blue in 2021 sold very well. And I, I remember when that one came out. So I can honestly, I think one, he's really past due for an album. And two, I know if he releases an album in 2023, it will beat everyone else. I, I just looking at how, just how popular he is. And even just having kickback on there, you know that'll push it up. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree. If Kenshi does release an album on here, I can see it being the easiestly the top selling album of the year. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And Ken, wh- uh, what is yours? So, mine actually kind of goes 10 to 10 with... Uh, Similarly with one of yours, it goes that my first prediction is we'll see one of the older Johnny's group go on hiatus slash retire as well. It's around this time that, you know, as she went out, I think Khan Johnny 8 can go out too. <laughs> they, they, half of the members are gone already. I wouldn't be surprised if... A lot of the older member groups start thinking, yeah, you know, we're almost 40 at this point. Can we still continue on kind of thing? So that's one of my first predictions here. I can see that, to be honest. And you bringing that up makes me really think about some of those groups like that because we all know you know how it's been looking with a lot of the older johnnies and also looking at how popular a lot of the newer ones go so it's a great time to start bumping up the newer ones and phasing out some of the older ones yeah it's, I it's say a phasing good out, time tiring out passing it, the it, torch it, there we go passing the torch you know it makes it sound like you're gonna take them to the farm <laughs> But, you know, with, with them, I think it's a good time to pretty much step aside and show that, you know, the future is with these groups rather than melt the cloud dry like how it has been for a couple of these groups at this point. But for my next one, it is going to be for the download charts. We will see the top three songs sent to anime in some way, shape or form. I kind of saw this one as a gimme because last year is exactly that. All three songs were tied to anime. And I can see that that because the popularity of anime internationally now being a huge foot race now, I can see for the digital charts, 
it being that way now. I can as well with judging, just looking at last year's charts. I mean, looking at all the download ones that have been tied to an anime, I can see that. Now, for that, do you have a specific artist you think that might make it in those download charts? Or you just no, do... No, I, I specifically... I don't think that a... Uh, I don't think a, a Annie song person, it's going to be like... Like we saw this year, where we saw a, an, a regular artist just so happened to do an anime song, and it just ends up being the biggest thing ever. That, and I'm looking forward to that because that'll be great to see. And next on up for my third prediction here is we'll see a, an, the rise of another quote-unquote digital artist have a hit release. Now, I see digital artists as someone that really does not show their public persona all too well and only do does digital stuff for the majority of their career. So... For example, we have Otto. Otto last year is technically a digital artist because of the fact that she did only did digital stuff for the longest time, and only now is she gaining the the grander eye of everything. And what was it? Yao Sobi can also be considered a digital artist as well because they only did a lot of digital releases without doing physical stuff for a while and then now their popularity is showing up where they have to do it another person that me and you know very very well is yama yama is technically a digital artist mm -hmm. where she and yama just is fantastic as who well. just recently came out of her digital artist shell granted she's still wearing a, like a like a, some sort of like mask kind of thing when she performs but you know it it's very interesting nonetheless Yeah, and I can see that as well, because we have seen a significant rise in digital artists lately. And I feel like we're going to see another one rise. Like you said, Otto is a great example. And even though Otto might have been on our radar, you think about it, just this, you know, one release being tied in anime just completely boosted it and just blew it out of the water even though we already liked a lot of her works before but just seeing that a lot of people who might not have been aware of Otto yeah. and then now it's just like wow so I I, I can easily see that because the last couple years we've seen a huge rise in digital artists yeah no that's for darn sure and next on up is kind of a I don't know if it's gimme it's been a while since we saw something like this, but we will have a debut from a LDH group this year and we'll make a splash in terms of debuts. Splash meaning I think they're going to take top five in their debut single. I can see that. I would like to see a this be a female group because mm. LDH does not have many of those anymore with E-Girls Gone. There's just flower and happiness, and we don't really see much from them anymore. A lot of happiness. They're involved in some other activities. You know, and same with some members of Flower. And Dream's gone. So, uh, question on this. We do see a new LDH group debut. Do you want a... Do, are you predicting a male or female group? 
see so no well this goes into a subbed i guess i was i was under the idea that a male group will debut because of the fact that it's been so long since we had a male group but specifically i think the next generation of exile tribe is going to debut I can see that. There's been a big extension of the tribes, and Ballistic Boys has done very well. Generations has done very well. So, yeah. I mean, I, the last the last group from the tribes was Fantastics, and the Fantastics debuted way back in, like, 2018 at this point, mm-hmm. I think. So, it's been over five years at this point now. Yeah, so that, kind that, of the, overdue the Exile tri- The Exile tribes haven't released... Hell, I could see them skipping that and doing the Yondai Mei J Soul Brothers. <gasps> oh my god, that would be great! I freaking love J Sundai Mei J Soul Brothers. Like that'd be really interesting to see a subgroup of that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not a subgroup; it's just the next generation. <laughs> well, yeah, the next generation of that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, and then lastly of my regular predictions here, it, this is also kind of a gimme, but also could not be a gimme, depending on how she does, she feels like it. I think that Utada Hikaru will have more than five releases this year. Now, this is piggybacking off of First Love. I think that she will do a anniversary album this year. Uh, this is a sub bet for that one. Okay, so when you say five releases, this counts as re-releases as well, or is this going to be yes. just new release? Okay. It, anything that is popped up internationally on Apple Music, if it's more than five releases, albums included, I will count that as one single release. All right, I just wanted to clarify what you meant on that. Yeah, because she released... I think she only released five this year, so I'm. That's why I'm saying more than five. I think she'll release six. I think she'll release a a slew of digital singles and one album at the end of the year. That's just me predicting, though. But then, lastly, for my pie in the sky one, see, this would have been very good if I went first because I had the idea originally. Is either Snowman, Stones, or Nanini Wadanchi will have their tracks made digitally internationally. Now, the reason why I didn't say King and Prince was because originally I thought that was a gimme. But the more and more I think about it, is King and Prince is going to be the heir apparent to Arashi. And I think the Japanese market is going to want to hold on to that sales as much as they can and try to milk the the physical physicalness of King and Prince for a while. Snowman and Stones for digital wise already broke everything. So I can kinda of see them not really caring about them. Not Niwadanshi, I'm just throwing them a bone because I think that for the southern Japan group or the West Japan groups, they kind of need this 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 group to do well as well. Yeah, I agree with you definitely in Stones or Snowman. And here and the big reason for that is Snowman and Stones have gotten a lot of attention because of their style of music. So they've captured a lot of people. I think it's because 
you know, they, they've done some of the pop and lock in the past. And I think that's one of the, you know, they, they really, some of their music is very well accepted by Western audiences. And I think it would be beneficial if they started releasing some of theirs digitally. And I, I honestly could see Stones or Snowman also given, given where they're at right now more than Nani Wadanchi. But I see what you're, where you're coming from on Nani Wadanchi. But, yeah. And with that, for for my thing for the albums, I'm actually gonna pick Snowman. Snowman will have another phenomenal year. I think they are gonna do S two. They they would do well to do this the same naming schemes for the albums. I can see that. I mean, and just looking at how they did this year, it's gonna go to Johnny's. Johnny's yeah. has been having a great couple years, and you can just tell. And for the singles, I also picked King and Prince. Um, I think King and Prince is the heir apparent to Arashi, and I think anything that they will release will be gold. Hell, look at the single that we personally just did not think was the best single. It ended up selling a lot more, which is uh, Iwadori and uh, Tsukiyomi. Yeah. I mean, like I, like, I would love to see them take singles, but I also don't want them to take it two years in a row. Yeah. But with that... I am going to copy this, and hopefully our predictions will do very, very well next year. And we'll see how this goes. But for that, I want to say thank you very, very much for listening to this week's episode of Ungekudu. You can follow us on all social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow our affiliates, Quarry Hunter, who is a retro streamer. And you can follow him at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also ch- follow our affiliate, TimberTaff, who is probably going to get sick from going to MAGFest, so... Be on the lookout for that eventuality. <laughs> but if you want to check him out, check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaft, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister Luna Rose, who just had her first sponsored stream with, I believe, Uber Eats? I think. Uh, no, uh, HelloFresh. HelloFresh. There we go. HelloFresh. But yeah, you can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our resident schmuck author, Fangirl Has No Name. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl Has No Name, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast for me, Kyo Timber and Fangirl. Talk about the gaming industry at Podasaurus. We'll probably be talking about Final Fantasy Seven Advent, not Advent Children, <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven Crisis Core. You can check that out at Twitch by looking up Corey Hunter, same as his Twitch handle, on all podcast streaming services. You can follow me personally on Twitter at OTYKen1, where I talk about Bang Dream, I know about Robocall Herobo, Joshi Pro Wrestling, and random things about my daughter.
All right, so you can find me on several of the social medias, such as Letterboxd, my anime list, Anime Planet, Kitsu, and now Discogs. So I'm starting to log all my physical media. So those of you want to know how many J-pop CDs I really own or Japanese music releases in general, you can now check all that out. And my Twitters. So my username there is LunaMaria87, L-U-N-A-M-A-R-I-A-87. And you can also follow me on Instagram as Nerdy Collector Luna, so you can check out what I'm watching, what I'm listening to, some of the cool stuff I have, and photos and videos of my lovely cats. But yeah, once again, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this wonderful episode of Ungaki Do You. And we'll see you next week for our Kohaku episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and hope you enjoyed it. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and we will catch you next time for Kohaku. Jamatane. <laughs>